This is the Financial Coconut Podcast, Singapore's first personal finance podcast network. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut. Every Wednesday, you'll be chilling with me and my guests, who are some of the quirkiest, geekiest people we can find on the internet about how they do money and life. Sit back, relax. We are a few days away from the weekend. Welcome to Chills with TFC. This is a sponsored post by Nico Asset Management Asia Limited. Why you're paying 1% more in management fees per year to an active fund manager is because you are giving him the mandate, the task, the responsibility that with that 1% I'm paying you more, you are going to give me more returns than what the index... Yeah, you better beat the index. You, you, you should beat the index. Then I will beat you. Ain't no lie, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of uh, active uh, fund managers who are friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. We relax. Yeah. Welcome to Chills with TFC, where we sit down with the geekiest, quirkiest individuals to learn about how they do money and life. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut, and today we get back into your favorite topic, retirement. Of course, I know it's popular because I see the numbers, so you coconuts really want to retire, don't you? <laughs> but more importantly, the topic of retirement does get a little bit more complicated once we bring on the paradigm of kids. It adds to the complexity of things, and while I logically can understand i may not be able to fully appreciate the depth of it so i am super excited to introduce all of you to eugene from nico asset management to share his personal story having a newborn at 39 you know has baby bonus supported him what are the struggles and how he sees his retirement planning alongside grooming his child i personally really love his candor and i hope that you find really good lessons to integrate into your retirement planning framework this is chill swift TFC. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Chills with TFC. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut. And today we have a friend on the show, right? Um, <laughs> don't laugh, Lee. Right? Just thought you told me to laugh to test the sound. Really, right? so, wow. Great, great. You're warming up, right? So, so maybe you want to introduce yourself so that our, our audience get to know. I'm Eugene from Nico Asset Management. <clears throat> My Wrong side. This one is Adidas. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My marketing team told me to wear this. Uh, yes, you, you know? should. Yeah. Uh, you should. Great so, on the marketing team. Plus five points. Plus five points. Yes. <laughs> so I'm here on the show to represent mm. Nico AM in the best possible light so that if you think about Nico AM, hopefully you think about ETFs. Mm, okay, that's all yeah. for the sponsor plug today, yeah. right? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> But yeah, for, for our audience, I mean, they know you at Nico AM. We're gonna put at the we're gonna put at the title hashtag sponsored by Nico AM. Okay, they know they know it's a sponsored episode, right? But they want okay. to know you okay. as a person, okay. right? So, you know, how, how do you like? What do you do? You know, like how are you? Which phase of life are you at? And all that jazz. Okay, so um, the m- biggest thing that happened to me this year, my second kid was born on Valentine's Day. A lot of people send me the message, not saying congratulations, like. <laughs> Welcome, Rafael, right? They said, wow, you time it very well, right? Mm-hmm. You know, government also, I think they increased the baby bonus yes. or the grant on that day. Mm-hmm. But it's not, not planned, right? But what's, what's been keeping me busy other than my job, right? okay? Then my job is, is, is a second child. So 
It's another stage of life where you've got double the commitments. Yeah, that was for a performance review, right? A performance review, right? <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> job, job keeps you busy, of course. Oh, yeah, of, of course. 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 Baby, so bonus. baby bonus. The baby deal bonus. Maker, yes. So I think that's a, that's a key word here. The operative word is bonus. Mm, mm. That means you may or may not get it. Mm. And it's not the reason why you have a baby. There are better reasons to have a baby you know, than, than thinking about money all the time. Mm. So as in, I said, we are in a good position where we did not have to think about financial burdens. It did not overburden us, mm. right? So if you ask me, can we have a third one? We, uh, you know, as a conversation started, it's in the back of our minds, but you know, we're still really? busy. Potentially, yeah. You have a third one, like conversation, and it's like, really? You know, you need to keep our population going, right? You know, that's a, you need to replace yourself at least, right? So context is, yeah, we, we came from a big family. So the conversation did creep out, but more of like a, a bit in jest, a bit in honesty. You know, I think those are the best conversations, mm. right? Like, hey, third one, why not? Then you're like, like mm. this is like three hours after <laughs> giving me like, third one, why not? Then you're like, uh, <laughs> let's KIV that. La. But it didn't like shock us like, oh, really? No, like, mm. jalat, cannot. Mm. Like, no money. Mm. Like, no mm. investments, no savings. Mm. Like, emergency fund, zero. You know, yeah. I mean, I would expect you to do better, la, say. Right? Like, like, this is the basic expectation of an analyst, right? Like, you, you, sh- you should get your own personal finances yeah. sorted, right? right? Yeah, so. yeah, fair, fair, fair. But, but okay, other than contributing to the total fertility rate, mm. right? coming from a big family, right? I want to mm. double down. Right? Because these days, family gets smaller and smaller. And then it's like the kid mm. ends up being quite heavy on, on the kid, right? When it comes mm. to like parents... Yeah. you know, aged, you know, and they need support and all yeah. that. And sometimes if we go through different generations, there was a generation that didn't make that kind of income, right? So now a lot mm. of like smaller families are struggling in that sense, like mm. the sandwich generation. Yeah, yeah. Right. But yeah. do you feel like as coming from a bigger family is easier because like more people share? There is a component of that, definitely. So it's having more kids part of your retirement plan. <laughs> I hope not. I, I hope not. I hope not. I, I hope that it doesn't come to that, uh, right? Uh, At the end of the day, I take it, that's my responsibility mm. that I'm not a burden to my kids and they're not my retirement plan. That means being as much as possible responsible to my own health, responsible for my own finances. So that once again, it's a conversation. It's like when having kids, like, it's finances, health, money, like going to be a big issue in my dotage. So mm. as much as possible, we're trying as best as we can to ensure that that day doesn't come. Mm. But are, do we acknowledge that that day may come? Yes. I think there's an honest conversation we, we all have. But I think most of the support, right, when I, come, when I think about it, it's really about time. Mm. Yeah, not so much about money. And I think that's more valuable, actually. Mm-hmm. So, so then, then with, with that in mind, right? So how mm. would you then think a little bit about your retirement plan? Eh? Because to be clear, mm. you are you're having a kid at like late 30s, mm. right? Your second kid, coming 40, 40s, la, right? Yeah. So how are you then looking at your finances? You know, because I think there are a lot of people that are like, you know, on the fence. Okay. It's, it's a concern, right? It's, it's great to not feel like it's a concern, but I want to mm. hear like your view, like why why you feel more calm about it? So this is, this is going to be, it sounds totally random. Like when I had my first kid, I was at my friend's wedding. I met this, uh, the, the wedding photographer. La. And he said, oh, you have your first kid. La. Just do that monthly thing. La. Every day, just buy X amount of dollars into a unit trust. And then when you graduate, you just open the account and like, wow, a lot of money. You know, sometimes it's just a hook. Mm. You, you don't really understand the complexities of it all. You don't really know how it works. But, but that, that just seemed to speak to something in me. La. As in, I think it's about being put in the right place at the right time where someone just gives you a one nugget you know, it's two or five cents worth of wisdom mm. and you kind of agree with it. And then suddenly I find myself here 
And then it becomes my professional, as in 10 years down the road, now I'm the one in a professional capacity telling people, it's not that difficult, yeah? Mm-hmm. Right? Just every month or periodically, you know, mm-hmm. set aside, if you can just set aside something on an automated basis with any kind of instruments, generally safe, you know, let's say for your kid's college fund or, you know, you want to buy him his first HDB or like a down payment for HDB potentially, right? At least after 20 years of you supporting him, unbeknownst to you, after 20 years, there, there is a, a pool of money that he can tap on and let him use uh, as, as he sees, sees fit. Mm. And in that way, money saved there becomes money that you can use for my retirement. And it means that I'm less of a burden to him. So that, that little bit, piece of wisdom just, just stuck with me. I think I was fortunate that it, it came like 10 years early. And then if you, you know, financial terms and all the jargon about compounding, uh, interest, how how things can start small at first, but it grows. It snowballs, yeah. And snowballs, and etc. All all that all that all that actually works. The maths, we, well, I check the maths. Uh, the maths yeah. does work. The math stands. Yeah, yes. the math stands. And if you do that early enough, you do that consistently enough. That's the plan that I've been working on, uh, mm. personally, and on my family finances. I think more and more people are pushing this idea, right? Like the mm. math stands, mm. it's there, you know. Um, but why are people still not doing it? From your professional <laughs> viewpoint, you, you know what I'm saying, yeah. right? Like, like, yeah. like you go around everywhere, you tell people, "Ah, do this, do this," right? And then you're not alone. That many people, it's like, it's like the bandwagon is there, mm, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But there's still yeah. many people that don't, right? So, so, yeah. what is your professional view of, of this? Why is there such a phenomenon? I think, I think it just goes down to investments could seem scary maybe for the risk averse so I'm a very risk averse investor myself so that means the pleasure I get from making big outsized market gains is less than the pain I feel when I make a loss Mm, mm, mm. so I guess to some investors like like for myself that fear of losing may be the one that's impeding them on starting investments early there is also potentially that fear of like what if I do something wrong? What if I lose my life savings? Or just fear of like, am I good enough to do it? Am I knowledgeable enough? Am I am I Warren Buffett? You're not, and you will never be. <laughs> just saying, just saying, yeah. Right. And uh, life is okay. You don't need to be a Warren Buffett, okay? Yeah. Uh, maybe mm. maybe let's let's talk about life, lah. About my kids now mm. trying to go swimming. What if I'm not prepared enough to start learning how to swim? But the thing is that boy, you're not a fish. <laughs> Like, uh, you're a land animal, like, you're, you're walking, like, right? right? You, you will never be ready to swim on day one. But at least dip your toe into water, like feel how the water feels first, mm. understand how water works, you can't breathe underwater, you know, mm. basic stuff like that. And then slowly you, you learn how to swim over mm. time. But no one is asking you to go into the Pacific Ocean and swim. Yeah. So, so if we then contextualize it towards mm. like investments and and building a portfolio, what is the baby step then in your in your view? Start small. Start in an amount that you are happy to lose. Once again, in the ETF context, in today's context in Singapore, it's my professional sale speaking. Yeah, yeah. It could be as must low as... Must sell one, must sell. sell. Today's sponsored episode, sell. <laughs> sell. Yeah. It could be as low as $10, right? You can buy an STI ETF, just one unit. You can just buy one unit. For, just $10. Uh, maybe $3 plus some transaction cost, $10. That is... Uh, last I heard about a mm-hmm. you know fancy cup of coffee at Starbucks. La, mm-hmm. Right? And then let's say the worst that could happen, Singapore stock market collapse, that $3 goes down to zero. If that's hap- if that happens, then we are in 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 a lot more trouble than than just you losing your mm-hmm. first investment. La. But what's the worst that could happen? You get cold feet, you suddenly decide, okay, maybe maybe I should take a step back, reassess myself, you just sell it. 
off in the same day because it's an ETF, it's traded on a stock exchange. You buy $3, pay some transaction fees to your broker. You're not happy. You're scared. You think maybe I did something wrong? I'll sell it away, mm. right? Yeah. And, and at, most, at most, you lose your $10, mm. which is just abstaining from one Starbucks mocha frappuccino with double whipped cream for one day. <laughs> I know. That's not, that not yeah, that scary, yeah. right? If you think yeah. about it, it's not that scary. Mm, fair, fair, fair. Yeah. yeah. So in that case, right, when, when we look at it that way, mm. then in the landscape of solutions, right? Mm. In, I mean, like, okay, we let's say we agree that, okay, we'll dip our toes, we'll try it out. Mm. You know, but when you're starting out in your 30s, you have, you have accumulated some wealth. A lot of people, they work damn hard. You, you Suddenly one day you wake up mm. and be like, wow, actually I got some money sitting in my bank account. Mm. What should I do about it, right? So mm. that's the that's the time. Yeah, that's and actually, that actually got a lot of money, but it's very foreign yeah, in terms yeah. of investing, right? Yeah. So it's a step-by-step. Mm. But at that point, you will be targeted by all sorts of ads and all mm. sorts of like, oh, you should buy this, you do that, you should like, you know, use structured products, you should use all these other things. Yeah, yeah. You know, what, what yeah. do you have to say to that? So I'm saying... I'm professional saying, view. Well, professional. <laughs> and also personal view. I'm saying learn as much as possible because learning is free. Mm. And, and now there's so much information out there. I think sometimes the, the, the question is that, you know, now there's, there's so much information, what are you going to do with it? And... Which ones, which information source is trustworthy? How do you decide then which information source is trustworthy? See whether they are sponsored ads. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Today you sponsor, see. <laughs> we should cut it out. Okay, I, I think so. Trust your, as yes, you should go, go down, you know, your traditional sources, sources that are. You know, let's say Channel News Asia. You you start you start with with these guys first, I guess. Um, you look at what the professional fund managers are saying, and then you understand about different products. It could be about structured products, about derivatives, for example. But as in that should only form a part of your a toolbox, mm. right? If you want to build a house, so let's say you're building a retirement nest egg, right? There are many many products that can get you there. Some can potentially get you there faster, but they are more risks. So then more from the professional side, the products that, that we have uh, at Nikko and ETFs, right? These, one of the building blocks, one of the tools you can use, right? But we're not saying only look at ETFs and that's the be all and end all of, of your journey, right? You could also use it to complement how you get to your end goal of retiring mm. in dignity. Retiring where you don't have to worry that your two kids cannot support you. You know, mm. going back to, am I going to retire and count on my kids mm. to support me in my dotage? Lah. But the argument is that there are some tools that provide certain benefits like diversification, like low cost, uh, liquidity, you know, the, the ability to buy and sell on the same day in case you get cold feet, you want to take a step back, they're they are all that. So these are all the considerations that you should take note of. Lah. So what is your favorite ETF then? In your in, in my in your repertoire. In my repertoire. Yes. I I I Well I love the word repertoire. repertoire. Yes. Repertoire. Great word. Yes. Yeah. My repertoire. Yeah, but in, in so, the repertoire in of repertoire, all the ETFs. Oh, oh my, yes. the, the song that I like to play. Yes, what's your favorite? You know, sometimes they say you never forget your first. Mm. So my first was the STI ETF. So STI is just like a basket of all your favorite hits. Like, let's, let's continue with the analogy, right? Mm. Your, 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 your boy band songs, uh, your, the songs that I grew up with, like Backstreet Boys, right? So you've got DBS. No, sorry, I'm not saying levels. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
then, then there was okay. Celine Dion. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> okay, okay, it's okay. okay. No, yes, no judgment yes, here. Yes, no judgment yes. here. DBS. DBS. Like yeah, DBS, SGX, Singtel. You know, these are household names that generally, like you walk on the streets of Singapore, ah, DBS. Okay, it's still there. They're still, you know, I've got a POSB account, DBS. It's like names you're familiar with and I'm not putting all my money into one basket. Even though, you know, I think that, you know, they're still a good business. If I can see them in operation, like, you know, you've got Singtel, you've got SGX, SI, you know, this. So you are diversifying your risk into one basket. I, that, that resonated with me. And it's my first investment because I thought, okay, I don't know enough to be confident that, like, I'm really certain that this stock is going to make me money. I'm going to build my house based on mm. this stock, right? But as a whole, I thought a basket of names that I'm familiar with, household names to me, uh, as my first investment made a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And back then, the initial investment amount, last time it was maybe about 100 units, 100 mm -hmm. stocks. So it's about 3000 But $3,000, back then it was, it was okay. It wasn't such a big amount that, you know, if I lost it, it means I'll be begging on the streets, mm -hmm. right? So, so I guess out of my entire repertoire of songs, mm -hmm. of investments, that, that has to be, so you look at the first one, as the most important one. And that's the knock-on effect, right? This leads you to become invested. You have skin, literally skin, skin in, the, in the, game, the game and become more open to learning about other products. Uh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then it goes down to the more esoteric ones like structured products or single stocks or, you know, disruptive innovation mm -hmm. uh, stocks that, you know, is popular. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. You know? uh, but, but, you, but you know, like, the past decade, right? The American stock market has performed like way better than everyone else, mm. right? The S&P 500 outperformed every other market, right? Yeah. Uh, I stand corrected. I think it is, it, it outperforms every other market, right? So sometimes mm. when people think about it today, mm. right, when they're deciding like, oh yeah, maybe I should invest in the US, yeah. right? And yeah. not here, you yeah. know, what would you say to them? I think the fact that you're telling me that you know about this stock market that is like 30,000 miles on the other side, literally on the other side of the globe, means that I'm actually happy that we're having that conversation. Mm. It means that Singapore investors are now more savvy. And just because there's information at our fingertips, it's not a bad thing, right? The fact that they know about the, the S&P 500, for example, means that I'm now almost quite certain you also know about my STI ETF. Mm. We like to have, use this saying, right? A rising tide lifts all boats. Mm. Just that in this instance, yeah, the the the, the Titanic, well, not Titanic, Titanic sank. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the S&P 500 boat, whatever it is. Mm -hmm rose up in, in people's awareness, in people's understanding. And that's great because it means that actually my job is easier because you, you've heard about the S&P 500. You've heard what passive investing is, is, is like. You heard about an ETF, a product that can track the returns of the index and you know that it can do well. But I hope you also know that it can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, yeah. Right? Because if you track back another 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, then, then the a, story may have changed. The story have right? changed. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> but if, if you've already had that, all that conversation already, then for me, it's just giving you another option that if you want to come closer back home, right? You, maybe you want to start back home, then, then the conversation I have from a professional point of view to play my role as a Nico M, you know, ETF uh, business development person, it becomes a lot easier, mm. right? Because they're like, oh, yeah, don't tell me about ETFs. I already know or everything that's good about it. I know everything that's bad about it. And then, then the conversation has already progressed mm. a lot more already. So I think in, in this sense, it really makes my job easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That means you can retire earlier. No lah. Still, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> still, still, still need to feed the family. Still need to feed the family. I still need to compound. 
You know, the, you know the compounding journey. Yes, yes, I get it, I get it. Yeah, yeah. You know the mess, the mess. I I track the mess. Not so fast, not so fast. Okay, okay. Yeah. Hey coconuts, I know you want to be a little bit smarter with your money and that will mean to go for higher returns and lower costs which at times does mean that you have to DIY which can be a little bit jarring like, especially when everybody is trying to tell you they are right but if we bring it back down to basics it's about accumulating consistently over a prolonged period of time which is why I'm very excited to introduce you to Nico Asset Management which is a popular known name in the fund management space and they have a whole suite of very popular ETF offerings. More importantly, they have created a guide to help you DIY your investments using regular saving plans and ETFs. Within the guide, they cover everything from DCA, dollar cost averaging, to diversification, even the right mindset to help you go through this whole process to increase your success rates all the way to where do you get started with this regular saving plan. So all these done by the team at Nico Asset Management. What you need to do is head over to the link in the description below to find the guide. Like you put it, right? Actually, ETFs are, are like talk of the town. Right? Everybody, I won't say everyone, but you know, it's so common these mm. days, right? It's like one of the few things people think about is it's just there, mm. right? But what is one thing that people still don't know about ETFs? They know how to execute. They know what is inside. They know the cost structure. Mm. You know, they know those things, right? But yeah. even at that point, what is something that you think they should be aware of? Like, it, maybe it didn't cross ah, their mind. Okay, okay. So if they already know all that, then I guess in recent times, I think what we do have to, to get people to take note of is the risks involved. Like not all ETFs are built equal mm. because of the underlying uh, that the ETF, the index that the ETF is supposed to track, the underlying could look very different from ETF to ETF. Mm. For example, ETFs that may track, let's say... Uh, the Chinese tech market. So you've got Alibaba, you've got Tencent, for example. The risk involved in that space would be very, very different from, let's say, the risk involved in the STI ETF, which tracks a broad basket. It means it's not just tech stocks, but you've got banks, telcos, uh, airline companies, etc., etc. Right. So the risk is a bit more diversified if you're looking at a broad-based ETF. Whereas if it's, let's say, just a tech ETF, then you're, you're taking more of a narrow view on that. And I think that may have caught some, some investors by surprise because they think that, oh, I'm looking at an ETF, by right, it's diversified. But if it's diversified within a small slice and the chances that within a small slice as a basket, that small slice, everything kind of goes down, then you may start to question, why is that? I thought I was diversified. But mm -hmm. you are saying, no, actually, this is where I think you, you take a microscope and you, you do have to take a closer look. And that risk, I think, has become more apparent uh, over the last couple of years. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay, fair. So we do tell people to, to once in a while, um, do look under the hood. Mm, mm, fair, fair, fair. Yeah. And I think there's a much longer discussion on like, what is the composite? Yeah. How does those things work? You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nico AM can have a series, lah, huh? Can. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, sponsor series, lah. Send the invoice, okay? Yes. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. the next time I come here, the. Yeah, this must be the whole chest one. Whole chest one. You know, like the. <laughs> I cannot tahan you, say, but, but. Okay, but, but, you know, like, you're not the only provider in town. Yeah. And, you know, you have competitors, and your yeah. competitors sometimes look like they are providing the same thing. Mm. you know it's like you know like ETF to ETF it's like oh, all mm. tracking STI all tracking S&P why should I choose you like in that sense and like is there any difference although oh, no, you know like marketing is mm. all the same right the same few words yeah. because you're a regulator you cannot use any rando words 
right? So, so you know, you you, you kind of everybody's kind of standardized around a few words, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but how how are you then different? If let's say we're all you know tracking the same space, okay. So I think that, that I do need to correct you there. Yes, we don't all track. As in, I think it's 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 sort of like if I wanted to launch a product and there's already a six hundred pound gorilla in the room that I I already know that from day one I need to beat. And the fact of the matter is that ETF is a game of scale. Whoever is bigger usually wins, right? Unless you can be a lot cheaper. But this is a bit more complex. But to be cheaper, you have to be bigger. Bigger, yes. yes, yes, yes. In my past life, I came from the product side. So we don't usually, like we very, very seldom, it will take a lot for us to justify launching an ETF that's exactly the same as someone else out there in the market Mm. because no one wants to fight the 600-pound gorilla. So I think the, the, the ETF market in Singapore is small enough at the moment where they always are differences between uh, the ETFs that are on listed on the Singapore Stock Exchange. Mm-hmm. I think they're about 35 to 40. Last I checked, they all have differentiated enough, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That no one really can say that, oh, mine is actually the same. And then because that would just mean that we're going down into a price war. Then it becomes to who knows who first, who likes this color versus the other guy's color. Mm-hmm. I, you know, then, then it goes down to we're competing on things that we do not want to compete. Yeah, fair, fair. Right? Yeah. So so I think that's a different conversation. But like ETFs, it's it's how how you, once again, which slice of the market that you want to be able to give investors a choice to express their mm. their investment uh, outlook for. Yeah, yeah. Right? Fair, fair. And yeah. to be fair, you guys are also a 600 pound <laughs> gorilla in some spaces. Right? It's, it's so, us, <laughs> let's so, be clear on so, that, right? So, so yeah, don't come, don't so, come. So, yeah, yeah. So, that yeah, so, is, so to yeah. my competitors, uh, we yes. are the 600 pound yeah, gorilla. Yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't anyhow, uh, don't anyhow come, right? right. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? Like everybody has like a tech fund. You know, mm. everybody has a China fund mm. or everybody. And these words, right, it's like so loose, you know, like like everybody has a biomedical fund. Okay. Or okay. everybody has like a, you know, sustainable, oh my God, that's the cheesiest one, <laughs> sustainable fund and all that, right. Right? right? So like, how do I, let's say today, I take a point of view, right? China mm. is going to be big, let's say we take a point of view mm. and then I go out shopping yeah. for like Chinese funds or like mm. investing in like ETF with like China exposure, you know, mm, like, yeah, like exposure, yeah. right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. How do I evaluate it? And why, you know, like, yeah, how do I evaluate like China fund? You know what I mean? Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it goes back to basics. It goes back to, so China fund, it's the same way you would, I, I guess, evaluate the STI, well, Singapore mm. exposure, right? So look at the top 30 biggest companies on the Singapore exchange. And then you you compare. So DBS is there. As in what you expect to see in an ETF that says that I'm tracking Singapore market. And then you, as you look at the constituents, and this is doing homework, right? So of course, must do homework. Yeah, if I sell you a basket of rotten fish, mm-hmm. just because it's a basket, just many rotten fish, at the end of the day, it's still rotten fish. Yes, yes. Right? It's, it's not a hamper. It's not. It's not. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you open up, then it's I all know, the paper. I know it's only behind. the first few things. Very few nice things, for right, me. Right. Yes, but anyway, yes. So so look through it. So so I guess if you let's say you're looking at STI, right? The reason why I, I looked at STI and I thought, okay, it's because uh, what I expected to be there, the biggest companies, my household names, were in the ETF. Mm. But then if you look at oh China Fund and then like uh, China Exposure, or whatever, and then you see the names inside and they don't jive with what you know as the biggest Chinese companies, mm. then you know something's out. Then you know that. Something is mm. off, right? You don't see maybe uh, industrial commercial bank, ICBC, 
but you don't see Bank of China. Mm. You don't see Tencent. You don't see Alibaba. You don't see if you don't see these in a fund that tells that is by name supposed to give you, you know, access and exposure to the biggest, strongest companies in China. Then you know that there's something off, mm. Yeah. Then let's say ESG. Well, ESG is a, a totally Completely different, completely different right. ball but, game. But let's yes. say biochemicals, right? Mm. When it comes to once again looking at more narrow slices of a certain market or a certain sector or a certain thematic, then you just have to put a bit more effort to ensuring that okay, if I'm I'm looking at let's say a China electric vehicle fund. So this is because it's it's one of our ETFs. Yes, yeah, slot, right? Slot, slot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> drive through, <laughs> And then, let's say it's a Chinese electric vehicle fund, right? I, I'm telling you, I'm giving you access to all this. But then, if my fund doesn't give you access to NIO, for example, BYD, right? Cars that you see on the road, you know, Chinese electric vehicle cars. And then, like, hey, how come I don't see it as a constituent? Mm. Then you will be questioning me, like, are you sure this fund is, you're, you're selling what is, is, is on the label? Mm, mm, yeah, mm. so... So I think that's how anyone should be should at least go about looking at at the ETF and showing that what you're buying, like the fish in the basket, is 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 what is uh, advertised. Mm, okay, fair, fair. Yeah. And there's also this one other common question out there, right? Where you know, because I think what you describe is quite a, is more like a passive, you know, index type mm. of uh, investing, right? Yeah. Where we essentially we build a composite, right? Mm. Based on an idea, you know, there's an index and we, we build it from there, right? So, so that is the, that's what people more commonly will associate with ETFs, yeah. right? But there's also the other side, which is the actively managed mm. type of funds, right? Do you, yes. have, do you have a view on that? Like for, for someone that is looking at it, mm. I know I know we evolved quite far already, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the like STI, now we are going to the like more chimology, right? The, the chim side, right? So yeah, like, yeah. Like between actively managed and yeah. like, you know passive index type of yeah. uh, idea, do you have any thoughts? Like, what should we think about active and passive? To me, I think it's it's, it's really just about the cost mm. um, that you are you are the management fees la, of owning that which you're is paying, quite different, right? Which is like, quite different, yeah. right? Can you give us an example? Agar. An example or just aggravation mm. in general? Actively, I love how you use aggravation. Tell us which generation you come from. But really? yes. so, yeah. so it's a, it's a really young generation, <laughs> you're about, right? You're about aggravation the, from a certain era. <laughs> but please continue. Uh, so yeah, when yeah. I say that, then you do a translation. Yes, 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 yes. For the Agar, younger generation. Yeah, for the younger generation, it's estimate, la, estimate. right? Yes, yes. <laughs> aggravation. <laughs> actively managed is about 1, 1. 1.5%. ETFs, are generally cheaper. So anything from 0 0.2 to 0 0.7, mm. right? That's that's about the range. Uh, the reason why there's uh, about 1% difference is because for a passive fund, what we're essentially telling you is that whatever the index buys, so the top 30, every three months or every six months, the index provider will just tell us, these are the 30 stocks. These are how much of each stock is inside this basket. You just have to follow. Nothing much, not much brain power there. Mm. It's, it's transparent. So ETFs are transparent. What you see is what you get. You're not supposed to deviate too far from the index. Whereas, why you're paying 1% more in management fees per year to an active fund manager is because you are giving him the mandate, the task, the responsibility that with that 1% I'm paying you more, you are going to give me more returns than what the index... Yeah, you better beat the index. You, you, you should beat the index. Now I will beat you. Ain't no lie, just saying... <laughs> Yes. I have a lot of uh, active uh, fund so, managers who are friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. We relax. Yeah. Huh? Yes, 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 I'll yes, tell yes. him if you see Reggie so, on the yeah, street. Yeah, yeah. You better be careful. I'm watching you. 
<laughs> but that's what you're you're, you're paying for. You're, you're mm. paying for for the skills, mm. for the skills in that they have you know accumulated over their many years of experience to yes. try to beat the index. Mm. But if I told you that I'm not trying to beat the index, I'm just gonna you know copy paste what the index provider is telling me to do. They will beat me up mm -hmm. if they say I I can trash one point five percent, right? Then I know you're just copying the index, right? You're just tracking the index as closely as possible. That's your job. So what we're just Getting you the, the management fee is really just to cover the operations of tracking it as closely as possible. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest uh, difference. But can they coexist? Definitely you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there are some fund managers who have repeatedly shown over the many years that they can outperform the index. And then if if that's they have that track record and you think that their outperformance is justified with that extra they are paying, then you know it, it shows that number one, you did your due diligence, mm -hmm. which is always what we want to hear. Yes. Right. That yes. means you know more about this fund manager than you know about buying your washing machine. Mm -hmm. you, right? should, you, you should, should You should You should yes. Everything. Long term you... impact is much bigger than yeah. washing machine. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Right. So if you know that about the fund manager, about the active fund that you're you're doing, and you're confident that he can give you the outperformance, go for it. But if you want to, for example, get exposure to a certain market, it could be China, uh, Singapore, US, at a cheap cost, right? And you just want to 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 ride along with the performance then an etf is a good way to start and it's a cheap way to start yeah, yeah fair fair so don't listen to some of the fund manager when they say oh it's not about the cost you know like you gotta factor in the cost right think, yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. important right like i pay you a bit more than i expect you to perform even more right and yeah. on some level we're taking a position yeah. right that means we are taking a little bit more risk then and everyone else, right? But, but that's a different discussion. That's a different discussion. That's a different discussion altogether. So bring him back, right? Bring him back. I'll give you one last question. Bring it all back. Today, you know, you are in your late 30s, 40s, right? You have a kid, like young kid. Everybody wants to like do their best for their kids, right? They want to like, you know, give the, the kid the advantage, you know, like <laughs> be out there. So if today you were to build a fund for your kid mm. to give them the advantage in life mm. 20 years down, yeah, what would you do? Knowing all that I know, mm. I know that I don't know enough mm. about <laughs> trying to beat the market. And this is not just me in my professional capacity talking about investments. This is just me understanding that, number one, I do not have the time to be a good stock picker. I, I won't be the next Warren Buffett. So, so what it's I okay. Do, it's okay. Yeah, and it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm perfectly... As long as you're clear. <laughs> I'm yes. clear, yeah. Yes. Right? I can't do that. So that's the first premise, right? I, am, I do not have enough time knowledge, patience, resources, whatever, to even think of myself as a good stock picker. So personally, that's that's what I'm doing. You know, once again, that, that photographer, an RSP, so it's a regular savings plan into an ETF. It's, you know, once again, the STI, my first repertoire, mm -hmm. right? And just steadily and consistently invest through a you know, dollar cost averaging strategy into an ETF that, you know, hopefully we'll generate that kind of, you know, compounding over many, many years, right? Until he's 20 and ready to go on and so on. So that's, that's where I will start. And the second premise is that I think everyone has a little bit of a gambler spirit in them, uh, right? Yes, yes, yes. So have you, have you ever sold or bought a stock? I say you, you bought a stock and then the price went down. And you thought, actually, if I had just stayed off for a little bit, I think I could have bought it at a lower price. You bought a stock. Then, oh no, you sold a stock. Then, then, you went up. Up. then yes. you're like, you know, I really could have made a lot more money. But I think especially when we're all just starting. Oh, I think it's always like that. It's always like that. I think everyone seems to have like a little bit of a beginner's luck mm -hmm. just to get you hooked yeah. and like, hey, I, I think I can do this. I think maybe I might be the one. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I might. <laughs> 
you know, yes, I, yes, I, yes. I might be the one. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not that difficult. What are these guys talking about? Yeah. About you know not be not being able to beat the index all the time. I, I don't know why I'm vibing with that, but it's true. <laughs> A lot of people say that. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. and that's that's what I, I get as well. And I can see in people because I felt it very, very deeply. I was like, ah, you know, one of my early personal ones, uh, very early investments was in Alibaba. Right. Oh, everyone, you know, at one time, whatever stock you bought, most, I think typically during the COVID period, you know, there, there was a good equity run. Then you thought, ah, you know, I can do this. Mm. Then I said, oh, maybe oh. not. Yeah. Right. But, but at the beginning, there's, there's that, that, that little gambler spirit. Um, I've come to the, the realization that it's, it's really, as in now, an internalization that's really not that easy to, to beat the market. And mm. so, heads off to the active managers who consistently do that. And so, as a, as a personal investor, so the second premise is I can't time the market. I'm terrible at timing the market, right? So what do I do? I, I just consistently put in a certain amount of money. And then if the price of the ETF goes down, I just buy more units of the ETF. It's simple dollar cost averaging. And the price goes up, I'm happy because everything that I bought at a cheaper price, you know, they, 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 it goes back up. But when it's that time when I have to invest, right, I just buy less. But if the market is going up, then it's, it's great. right? Because I whatever I've invested over the many years also continues to go up. So those are the two premises that that I realize that I'm that I need to realize and I've realized is number one, I'm not a good stock picker. Number two, I'm terrible at timing the market. So if I'm doing it for my kid, right, that those are the two, uh, based on those two premises, that's my investment uh, strategy for them. Do you have a target amount for your kid? Like the goal, I'm gonna accumulate this for my child. <laughs> not a hard target. Not a hard target. And that really depends on where you are in your finances, your career. So when I started it with my first kid, I started it, once again, very cautiously uh, with the minimum amount uh, with any of the RSP providers, which is $100 every month into the STI for him. But now with my second kid, my finances have obviously become a bit larger, right? A bit more disposable. Which is great. Which is great. Which is great, Mm. right? But then also responsibility, right? So it's like, if you apportion the same percentage of your mm. disposable income or you know of your income into savings then at this point of time i i can afford to put a bit more for both my sons mm. each month into an etf right so as i'm not too hard up that it must be mm. x mm. amount it's also a bonus mindset yeah if right. i got more i'm going to accumulate eventually you know daddy's going to give you a bonus yeah and and great on you right great on if, you. if don't have then Fight harder, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's, it's just a good place to start because I know that if I do that, then about 50-60%, I should be able to get about 50-60% of some hazy target I have in mind, right? Uh, assuming inflation doesn't kill it all, <laughs> right? But but generally, I think that's my strategy. You know? Just start somewhere, start simple, start small, start where you're comfortable with. But the, I think the most important thing was, yeah, I, I started started investing for my kids. Nice. That was a great ending. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Stay tuned all the way after these quick notes for our personal money question segment. Before that, I hope you've learned something useful today. Join our Telegram group, follow us on our socials and check out thefinancialcoconut.com. I got three questions that I ask everybody that okay. come on the show. It's a rapid fire. Okay. Okay. So the first oh. question is, what has been your best and worst investment you've ever made? Okay. I think I touched on this. Uh, Once again, my repertoire. La, 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 yeah, la, yeah. la, la, Oh, we move away from financial. It could be something else. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Best investment. 
Oh, like still, still, still. <laughs> Sponsor say <laughs> cannot run away, right? <laughs> no, no, because you use this kind of jargon, then yeah, my yeah. mind just goes. I get it. I get it. It's a career thing. It's a career thing. I think it's a, <laughs> yeah. right. because it crystallizes what is important in planning for the future, and I think finances at the end of the day, as much as we don't like to say it, it helps you remain happy, lah. Because mm. as long as you've got that covered, generally, then you you are generally a happy happier person. Mm. So knowing that I've got that covered. Yeah. yeah. So what's investment in Alibaba lah? You had to you had to you had to <laughs> drive it in, right? Yeah, you're not alone, <laughs> I think. Quite, quite bad. Okay, next question. Mm. What is one thing under hundred dollars that has been a game changer for you? Well, I think it has to be <laughs> not sponsored, but I think is is the 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 fact that SGX lowered their minimum lot size for ETFs. Oh yeah. So yeah. once again, you know, for the price of a Starbucks, right, you, mm. you can at least get your toes wet into investing into at least one one ETF. Mm. Yeah. But I would believe you must be cautious about the the cost of ah, transaction, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, because, because you don't want it to be too much yeah. relative to yeah. the amount that you put Correct. in. No, la, nobody right? would do it. Actually, technically, nobody would do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we must reiterate, you know, at least that's yeah. the house Correct. view, Correct. right? You yeah, must yeah. be clear. Transaction fees do eat, you know, you must like count, count that, la, right? Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, it's a great place to start in terms of like getting your toes wet. Yeah, right. Yeah, so. just 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 a toast. Last question. One place you learn that mm. you think is underrated. It can be a particular book, a website, your favorite podcast, mm. or YouTube and all that. My favorite podcast. Don't need, don't need. <laughs> say we're already number one. <laughs> don't need, don't need. But thank you. No, yes. I think I think it's hey, don't even need to be finance, you could be something else. I think where I continue to get inspiration, where I get excited about learning, right, comes from from friends. Mm. So COVID years, we didn't see friends. Then I didn't get any new interest. I didn't come up with new ideas. I didn't, you know, think about what I should be doing next. It's only after the, you know, the, all the lockdowns have lifted that you start socializing again. That when you speak to people and, and usually if they're your friends, it's, it's people of similar interests or people you can vibe with. And when you hear what they're excited about, you may also get excited about and you start learning more, mm. right? And, and it's a natural learning process where you are, invested in learning yourself. Otherwise, it just feels like a New Year resolution. I want to read 25 books and then by March, well, April, and then I've not read a single one. But if it's if it's like your friends telling you about how to renovate a house, <laughs> all right, interior design, you know, what are the latest trends? Then you, you find yourself picking up books. Well, no one really has physical books, but, you know, reading up about lots of different interests uh, on your spare time and, and, and you are happy doing so. I think that's, that's also keeps, you know, people, keep helps people keep depression away. It does. It's a lot about social relationships. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your time. No problem. Thank you so much. This podcast is purely for informational purposes only with no consideration given to the specific investment objective, financial situation and particular needs of any specific person. It should not be relied upon as financial advice. Any securities mentioned herein are for illustration purposes only and does not guarantee their continued inclusion in the portfolio. It should not be construed as a recommendation for investment. You should seek advice from a financial advisor before making any investment. In the event that you choose not to do so, you should consider whether the investment selected is suitable for you. Investments in funds are not deposits in, obligations of, or guaranteed or insured by Nikko Asset Management Asia Limited, Nikko AM Asia. Past performance or any prediction, projection or forecast is not indicative of future performance. The information contained herein may not be copied, reproduced or redistributed without the express consent of Nikko AM Asia. 
While reasonable care has been taken to ensure the accuracy of the information as at the date of publication, Nico AM Asia does not give any warranty or representation, either express or implied, and expressly disclaims liability for any errors or omissions. Information may be subject to change without notice. Nico AM Asia accepts no liability for any loss, indirect or consequential damages, arising from any use of or reliance on this podcast.